D F S. It is Friday, December 30th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our week 17 DFS draft show. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, we're going to be doing, like we did the past two weeks, some underdog drafting, some sleeper drafting. But before we get into drafting teams for this week, we're going to take a look back at what won for friend of the show, James Brimacombe, in the underdog battle royale last week, right? Yeah, it took it down 20K for James. Um, we could pull up his team here. So he had the Dak, Prescott, CD Lamb stack. No run back on the Eagles side. And the other thing he did was he played Saquon, Hawkinson, and Jefferson, you know, without Kirk Cousins. So, you know, that this is the type of lineup where, like, it's, it, I think it's a smart lineup and it's, a different lineup at the same time, right? Like, cause for me, if I, if I have Jefferson and Hawk, like I'm, I'm drafting Kirk cousins. Now, you know, Dak ended up outscoring Kirk cousins by a few points and that, you know, it's kind of the difference. If you look at, um, I think the teams that came in second were Kirk cousins, you know, very similar teams, Kirk cousins, Saquon Barkley, TJ Hawkinson, Jefferson lamb, Devonta Smith. So, you know, we're talking, you know, two different players basically that made the difference between winning 20 K and 7,500. So, um, you know, this is, just an example of the type of lineups I think you want to build that are still correlated and make sense or are not what, you know, everyone else is doing. Um, and I, I actually, I had a team here that I thought was in you know, really good shape going into the late games. I had the cousins, Saquon, Jefferson, Hawkinson with Devonta Smith and Tony Pollard. So I, I was, you know, basically a big Tony Pollard game short of being in the mix area. You know, that the team that came in, uh, second was actually this team with CD Lamb instead of Tony Pollard. So I, I, I feel like I'm start, Who was starting your to figure on that out. Team? Sorry. Uh, cousins. Our cousins. Okay. Yep. With the, you know, with Jefferson Hawks. So it was a, it's, it's such a textbook team. It would have been a nice team to win with, right? It's a double stack with a run back and then a mini correlation with Pollard and Devonta Smith. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm going to win it uh, one of these, one of these last two weeks. It's mine. Yeah, I think it's interesting. There are a couple of interesting things in there. First, it shows you just how perfect it has to be to win a tournament. Obviously, that's true across DFS, but as Mm -hmm. you make an even smaller lineup, it has to be even more perfect where, you know, the lineup you just showed, Tony Pollard wasn't bad, but 11 points doesn't get you there. It got you in the money but it doesn't get you to the ultimate, um, you know, challenging for the top. And we talk a lot about differentiating lineups. Obviously when we're doing a full lineup, it's, it's easier to differentiate because you're looking for some lower owned guys, but when it's six players and you don't always need to reach outside, we'll still talk about some guys beyond the top of ADP who have upside and can help you against a large field. But I like looking at Dak Prescott, with those Vikings players in that that's a way that it's different than other Viking stacks, as you mentioned, right. but not different in the same way that we're used to getting different with our DFS lineup building. Exactly. We, we've talked on previous shows, I think about, you know, taking guys in these contests that aren't being drafted often. I still think that's viable in some cases and in some weeks, but I'd rather win. I think it's more likely to win with a, a team like this, that, still gets different without going too far off the board with an individual player. You know, like all six of these guys were drafted in, in most drafts. I think like Dak was like, you know, right around that quarterback six range where, you know, he wasn't drafted every time, but you know, he, he wasn't scrolling way down the board 
to get to. Um, so I, I think, you know, th- this is, this is kind of how I want to be building lineups going forward. And of course, playing the way that James Brimacombe plays is not going to be a bad idea for most people. If you play much on underdog, then you've definitely come across him. He's been a guest on our podcast before talking with me about best ball drafting. Won yep. both big playoff tournaments last year, one on underdog and on drafters. So yeah, James Brimacombe, friend of the show, nice guy to interact with on Twitter. Certainly somebody who's open to talking about um, how to play best ball. If anybody does want to reach out to him that way. Let's move forward now, though, and look at this week 17 main slate on underdog for drafting. We'll start with ADP like usual. And Jared, at quarterback for me, I don't think that I'm really reaching beyond. We talked on the the FanDuel show about the slate being weird in that the game got flexed out. The FanDuel slate is missing that Chargers game. We look here and Justin Herbert is in the mix. He's sixth among quarterbacks. For drafting here you know we talked about him on the thursday show we've talked about him not on the podcast he makes me a little bit nervous right now because he hasn't really been delivering to the level that he should be but it's a pretty tight field of quarterbacks i think he's yep. in the mix here and i'm not reaching really beyond this top group yeah clear top two at quarterback which i think it makes sense um you know as crazy this as as it seems i'm more interested in, in fields than mahomes um i, I just like Fields ultimate upside more this week in a game where I think you know it's going to be high score and the Bears are probably going to be chasing um, unless Denver can can push back on Mahomes. I'm not sure we get a ceiling game out of him. So I've been taking Fields more, you know, in, in the second round of these drafts. Otherwise, to me, it's wait until your fifth or, or, or sixth round pick. You know, get get your correlation. Um, you know, Goff's ADP is climbing by the way. Early in the week, he was um, you know closer to here. His ADP was in in the 30s, um, but I, I still think he's a good target. You know, he's going in the fifth sixth round of these. Yeah. So I, I like going after Goff here. Um, I like Kirk Cousins. I would play Justin Herbert here. So I'm okay with waiting on those guys. Jalen Hurts is pretty high for, obviously he'd be higher than that if we knew he was playing. So I guess I shouldn't say high, but th- that that's part of what makes me a little bit nervous about drafting these early in the week. I guess if you're, if you're drafting at that point, you're playing enough lineups that you want that exposure. You're willing to take the risk that he doesn't ultimately play. Obviously, whether he plays is going to affect a lot. And Gardner Minshew is not even not even in view right now. So drafters are assuming yeah. that Jalen Hurts is going to play. So, you know, one thing we haven't talked about with these underdog drafts yet is they do have, I think it's called a, you know, a late swap or a swap function or everywhere. If, if you draft someone that ends up inactive, it'll sub in the highest ranked player who wasn't drafted in that draft at the position and you can also alter those rankings so if you draft a lot of Jalen Hurts you know if he ends up inactive you're going to get a different quarterback swapped in for him and you can set the rankings of how you want those guys swapped in now what I don't know is if you were to draft draft Gardner Minshew this week and he ends up active but as the backup I think you're stuck with him probably you know that so that makes that makes Minshew actually a riskier pick than than Jalen Hurts right now so I, I I do think Hurts is a fine pick at that ADP because you know if we knew he was playing He's probably, you know, quarterback three, I would guess, closer to Justin Fields. Good call and another vote in favor of knowing the format before you jump in to Hedger. Running back ADP, we've got obvious names up top, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Austin Eckler doesn't look like we really need to worry about his injury too much this week. Started limited and has remained there, but he's still practicing. Travis Etienne, fourth. Like in, what's that? Is that the top of round three? These are 16 drafts. Correct. Yep. 
Is that, I mean, is that low for him? Fourth running back, you think, isn't particularly yeah. low. But round three means, you know, every team has taken two players and then he's off the board. Yeah. So, I mean, I like, I mean, McCaffrey's my top player on this slate, actually. Um, and he's, you know, 2.7 and ADP. So I like McCaffrey. I like Barkley. Otherwise, I mean, this ETN Cook Connor range has been the one I've been smashing up and taking two of those guys, you know, with my second and third or, or third and fourth round pick. Um, to me, I like Stevenson. After that, it gets a bit shaky at running back to me. Um, so I've been trying to get, you know, at least one and ideally two um, within these top six guys. You're looking at these guys is what makes it difficult for me to take that quarterback that's going in the first two rounds of these drafts, because I think it is easier to find a quarterback who gets enough. And especially if you already set the table with a receiver, a running back, a tight end, whatever, Travis Kelsey, Amon Ross St. Brown you know, that kind of sets up what you want at quarterback or, you know, even the James Brumacombe team we were talking about, where if you're going different from the Vikings, you still set it up by taking CD lamb. You take a couple of receivers early and then you see where things are going quarterback wise. It gives you some flexibility. For sure. Yeah. And I think as we move to wide receiver here, to me, receiver is pretty flat beyond the top four guys. I think, you know, I think Jefferson, I'm on Ross St. Brown Hill, AJ Brown, to me, the clear top four and the guys with like the upside to score, you know, 25 points on underdog. After that, from Keenan Allen to, you know, these guys available with your last pick, I don't see a whole lot of separation. So, you know, that's another reason I've been trying to get those running backs early and then spending, you know, two or three of my you know, final three picks at wide receiver. And I do think that if you feel that way about the wide receivers, it makes it easier to take Justin Fields in that round two range. Any sneaky guys at quarterback or not quarterback at wide receiver for you this week that you've been taking late in hopes of big ceilings? Mike Evans, sixth <laughs> round pick on underdog. You I'm just determined to lose as much money on Mike <laughs> Evans as possible this season. I mean, I think Mike Evans in the sixth round, like Juju Smith Schuster. And again, a lot of these sixth round picks, I mean, I think Evans, Juju, Mike Williams, I still think he has you know the upside to be a you know, top five wide receiver on this slate. Uh, those are the, those are you know, three of my highest owned receivers right now. I think Zay Jones is also attractive down in that range. I think he's very similar in upside to the guys that you were talking about. By the way, breaking news on the show, um, Antonio Gibson has been ruled out for this week, so that's yeah. going to help Brian Robinson. And, you know, if we're drafting right now, maybe we want to go ahead and snatch up some <laughs> Brian Robinson before the field can adjust to that news. Yeah, he's not He's not even getting drafted in all these. He's kind of on that, that fringe. Um, yeah, that's, so. that's a little nuts to me. I, we didn't go that far down the running back list, but I, I think Brian Robinson, I know it's one running back is what you need. So we're only drafting six. So I guess it's not really nuts. That's one of those things when you play in all these different formats, it's tough to immediately reset your mind to yeah. what should and shouldn't be happening. But Brian Robinson's somebody that I would certainly get multiple shares of in this format. I like Brian Robinson straight up over Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, Jarek McKinnon, Ramondre Stevenson this week. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess Stevenson might be the the weakest stance among those. But yeah, so I, I revert to my previous consternation at <laughs> Brian Robinson being so far down there. Get in underdog and start drafting him. That's right. Over to tight end. Obviously, it's Travis Kelsey. Then it's everybody else. George Kittle at the end of round two. TJ Hawkinson well down beyond that. Evan Ingram fourth. So it looks like Evan Ingram's a target right here, huh? Ingram's a target. Kelsey's a target, obviously. I think he is, is a top three pick as he is in most of these. Um, a guy I've been taking super late if I don't have a tight end yet. My sixth round pick is David Njoku. Uh, I, just, I think he has similar upside to, to these guys. Um, and again, is not going drafted in a lot of these. 
And Taysom Hill seems to consistently show up higher here than he does <laughs> in relative prominence in other DFS formats. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I think it still makes sense. I think, you know, he still has the ceiling where, if he, you know, he has a two touchdown game. He's obviously going to be the guy you need to have. So, Jared, we ready to jump into one of these drafts and see? So let's, go, let's go draft Brian Robinson. <laughs> Quick. So, <laughs> Battle Royale, you know, just to go back over the format again, you draft six players, you draft them against five other teams, but you're competing against a whole field. So, you want to build a tournament team, um, you know, whatever that specifically means for you. You're filling one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, and then one flex spot. It's half PPR scoring. Correct. Um, I'm starting to set my cue here. My general strategy this week has been, you know, if I have a top four pick to me, it's pretty easy. It's, you know, McCaffrey, Jefferson, Kelsey, Barkley. If I have one of these back picks, I've, I've been trying to get the Amon Ra, St. Brown, Justin Fields game stack. That's, that's kind of how I've been attacking it, which, which I've gotten a few times now. It's $5 entry. It is a max 150. So there will be plenty of drafters maxing or getting close to that max. So certainly know what you're going up against here. And that's why we talk about these differentiating things. And it is tougher to do in a six player format. But as you can see, the drafts get fired up quickly. Jared's now a minute from starting. We've already got the five other drafters. We've got the number two pick. And Jared, this is not the first time that you've had the two pick than we've been doing one of these. I forget if it was last week or the one before, but that's certainly a spot that you've been in. Which I like this week again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to get Christian McCaffrey. I don't know. But would you prioritize Jefferson or Kelsey if, if McCaffrey goes one? I believe Kelsey this week. It's tough to have as much... Evan Ingram love in my heart and say any other tight ends name, but I, I like Kelsey as the spotlight tight end a little bit more than Justin Jefferson as the, the spotlight wide receiver. Kelsey hasn't had a blow up game in a while now, um, True, but I, 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 I still think it's there. You know, that said, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't be an every time this guy uh, situation for right. me. I'm picking and, second, uh, you know, 10 times and I'm definitely taking some Justin Jefferson there. Yeah, well, that's easy. We, we get McCaffrey. I think the other reason to maybe consider Jefferson there is just that, you know, based on ADP, if you're doing a lot of these, Kelsey's often going to be there at three, whereas Jefferson isn't. So if you do want to, you know, spread your exposure a bit, um, that'd be the, the case to take Jefferson. Is there any other running back that is close to McCaffrey for you this week, or is he just the clear number one and he's always the first one you're taking? Yeah, he's he's the clearer one to me. I mean, I, I think Saquon's the clear two, even over Eckler to me. Um, just with the Eckler knee injury and Chargers not having a ton to play for. Um, and the Rams being a negative rushing matchup. Right, yeah. It, it, it at least knocks Eckler, you know, to me to be the clear. Eckler to me is closer to, like, the ETN, Dalvin Cook, James Conner here this week for me. I definitely agree. I think Saquon Barkley is probably even a little bit closer to that tier because the Colts are at least capable of playing good defense. So I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't have a ceiling game. The mm -hmm. only issue for McCaffrey lately has been – if they just don't happen to throw him the ball a lot, but he's scored in four straight games. So we know we're at yep. least getting a good game from him as long as he's healthy. And of course he always has monster game potential to him. So it was Christian McCaffrey for Jared in round one. His round two pick is coming up on the clock right now. And your queue just got cleared out. We got Patrick mm -hmm. Holmes, Justin Fields going off the board just before this round two pick Tyreek Hill's gone. AJ Brown is gone. We have, of course, Amon Ross St. Brown is gone. We got Travis Etienne joining Jared's team. So we got two running backs to start things out. You can't pick any more running backs now, right? 
Yeah, we're not going to get Brian Robinson. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. If you've got McCaffrey and Travis Etienne, I yeah. think you're doing all right. Now you can hit that flat area of wide receiver that you're talking about. And I say you can't right. take any more running backs because, again, it's one flex spot. So once you fill that flex spot with somebody, you've maxed out that running back position because you've got one running back starter. you got another running back in the flex. James Conner just went early in round three following George Kittle as the second tight end off the board at the end of round two. Jared's turn again. Nobody in the queue yet. Looking at Keenan Allen among wide receivers. Yeah, I agree with the safety of his targets. I think I think I messed up here. I think I should have taken Kittle here and just taken whatever running back got back to me at this point. I, I was guaranteed to get either Etienne Connor or Dalvin Cook. So I already don't I already don't like where this team is headed. I think there is I think if we're talking about the ceiling potential, I think Travis Etienne's is higher than James Connors or Dalvin Cook. They certainly all have ceiling potential this week. I don't like that Evan Ingram just left the board in the middle of round three. So, you know, maybe that's a mark in favor. That's earlier than in, than his ADP has been. But I don't know. I don't think passing on Kittle is a killer here. Okay. Hope you're right. I mean, I, I just think um, – I agree that Etienne's ceiling is higher, but I think it's close enough where just getting – Kittle, who is obviously, you know, showing massive upside these past couple of weeks, would have, would have made sense there. Is Hawkinson still on the board, though? Yes, he is. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between him and George Kittle this week. Okay, I honestly haven't been drafting much Hawkinson, and I, I kind of feel like I just missed the big game, and I'm not sure he can do it twice in a row, but that's probably not the right way to think about it. Yeah, I think we bet on this offense scoring points. The team has not been able to limit opponents from scoring points. The Mm -hmm. Packers have been weak in coverage versus tight ends. And, you know, he's been plenty involved. So I think he's certainly somebody to mix in here. Did not make it to your fourth round pick, though. Nope, which I'm I'm okay with, honestly. I'm I'm going to take a tight end with my last pick at this point. All right. Um, So you got a couple quarterbacks queued. We're looking at Trevor Lawrence, looking at Justin Herbert. Herbert obviously would stack with your Keenan Allen pick. Who else are you considering picking at this turn? You got wide receivers that you're looking at? Yeah, I'm going to take a wide out because I'm fine with either of those quarterbacks. This guy might take one of them, but um, I'm going to take Devonta Smith as value at this point. Um, He was like sixth in wide receiver ADP, I believe, when we were looking at this beforehand. So I agree that that's a value pick. Yeah, it's ADP 17 and a half. So I got good value there. All right. We're losing more money on on Justin Herbert. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, are you going to make it the ultimate Smola team and put Mike Evans on it too? I guess you can't because you already filled the flex spot, huh? Trust me. I have plenty of Evans exposure already on underdog. I'm not. Oh, I believe you. I'm already tired of hearing about him. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the squad, Herbert. Okay, now I Ooh. could if I if I wanted to um, correlate this, I could take Higby at, at tight end. Um, but oh no, feels gross. Like I'd I'd rather take Goddard, Combat, or Joku, or Taysom Hill. Honestly, yeah, we'll see who makes it back. Don't chase Higby. Um, Jalen Hurts was still on the board as well when you took Justin Herbert. Did you think about him at all? I didn't. Probably should have. I, I I still don't think he's gonna play. Well, we'll see. Uh, that's you know i i was not aware of the automatic late swap thing so i think that that certainly makes it a good idea to mix in some jalen hurts because you know you will get a decent quarterback um, mixed in certainly might not be a good one ultimately scoring wise but it's going to be the seventh quarterback on the list so it'll be it'll be decent yeah and if we get news that hurts is in he's gonna be a second round pick I would, I would think, you know, no, no lower than a third round pick. So, and that, that was definitely a good time to, to get some Jalen Hurts if you want him. 
Mm -hmm. As it is, we're looking at tight ends here. Got Higby, Komet, Njoku, Taysom Hill sitting in the queue. Certainly a good idea to try to queue up players ahead of time so you're not scrambling as much when you're on the clock, as I've alluded to before. Who do you like among these four? Like is a strong word. Who has? Is there anybody with a connection to anybody in your lineup besides Tyler Higby? Nah. Actually, yeah, Taysom Hill, Devonta Smith. There you go. I guess that's a, a mark for for Taysom Hill here. <laughs> don't don't draft don't draft like this. This this is an example of how not to draft. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if I should again. I, these I, teams there are gonna be some throwaways. Yeah, for sure. Again, I, I think I should have taken Kittle in round two, and then a back in round three, and I think I'd be feeling better about this team. Yeah, because you w- that would have maybe pushed your quarterback decision later, which would have been okay because we still have Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins on the market. Yep. And even though you don't have Amon Ross St. Brown on your team already, I think Goff can still fit even without that being the case. For sure, definitely. Yeah, I took Taysom Hill, though, so you know, can feel better about the, the correlation at least, even when this lineup finishes in the bottom any, third. If there's any way for the Saints to hang with the Eagles this week, it's yes. going to be running the ball, I believe. Yes, agreed. So, Jared, run us through what you ended up with and what you would have liked to have end up, ended up with. Yeah, so I got the Herbert, Keenan Allen stack, which I'm okay with. I still think Herbert has a big game coming just based on the, the lack of touchdowns he's had lately. I think that's going to snap back in his favor. I like the, I mean, I, I like the running backs. Again, we talked about it. I, I'm trying to get two of those top six guys, and I got you know the number one guy, and then Etienne, who I think has big upset against Houston this week. Got the Devonta Smith, Taysom Hill little mini game stack there. So it's not, it's not horrible. Not my favorite team though. Again, I, I um, should have looked at the fact that there were three running backs that I still liked at that second round pick and uh, just, you know, been okay with getting one of them and taking Kittle in the second instead of ETN. That's, that's yeah. what I do differently. That's part of why we are doing this though, because it, you're, you're not likely to draft one team and win the money here. So part of it is going through seeing what you should do differently next time. And uh, you know, that's why we're doing one of these four people to help them see a draft without having to throw their own $5 away. Now we're going to switch over to sleeper drafting on my computer. And like we said, the, the format here is a little bit different. It's still a draft, but it's eight teams. It's full PPR. So the scoring right away is different. It's the entire slate. Obviously, the Thursday game has already been played, but we have all the rest of the games. We have Monday in play. I went ahead and signed up for a draft. We wait for this to fill. This one, another key difference is it's not all human drafters. It could be if we get seven other humans signing up, but if they don't, the draft is scheduled. You can see the countdown on the screen if you have really good eyes. If they don't fill an 18-team, an 8 team league in that time it just fills out with computer drafters which speeds up the clock for one thing but also is going to alter how drafters are performing in here i think the big edge on sleeper is um no knowing what the adp and how the queue looks because you can like you said these drafts fly there's some good players buried in in the queue on sleeper so i think um having a good feel for that is, is important over here yeah, one thing I would like is to be able to see the ADP and also adjust my rankings ahead of the draft. If that's possible here, I haven't figured out how yet. So I did at least take the sensible step that I should have done previously of actually making lists of players fitting with the draft format here. So, you know, for you instance, go. putting a line after my top eight quarterbacks so I at least know what I'm looking at when I'm on the clock and not frantically going through all of the lists, even more than I might otherwise be. My draft is fired up now. 
I am in the first spot, Jared. So I think my decision, my decision here, I think is either Justin Jefferson or Travis Kelsey. Christian McCaffrey is in the mix as well. I think there's a little bit more of a Travis Kelsey advantage here because we've got eight teams. So we're going to have seven other tight ends involved. I'm going to have a bigger gap over most of the competitors here. I don't know. What's your, what would be your favorite PPR player of the week, regardless of position? Yeah, I still prefer McCaffrey over Jefferson, but I think I'm with you that Kelsey would be my one-on-one here with the, you know, with the full PPR and it being eight teams. Yeah. I think I'm not going a hundred percent Kelsey from the one spot. If I did pick one a bunch of times, but especially in this format where really we want like floor is even more important here than it is. We're we're all about upside in the underdog drafting, but ultimately I'm going to take this team and I'm going to pick smaller competitions to put it against. I'm either going to go up against like seven other teams. I'm going to do head to heads. So I don't need ceiling as much as I need good scoring. And Travis Kelsey is just like the guy on the slate that I know is going to give me really good points. And I mean, I don't know if you just noticed, but McCaffrey was seventh in the queue here. So you can get in some of these drafts and, you know, land with the four or five pick with some computer picks in front of you and end up getting McCaffrey there. So that's another reason to probably go Kelsey or uh, Jefferson at one. This is a quick tick here. I'm going to take Chris Godwin as a safe wide receiver. And then I'm going to take a running back here. Um, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, both there. Travis Etienne still there. I'm going to start with Travis Etienne because even though he doesn't catch passes, he's as safe a bet, I think, (laughs) as anybody on the slate. He can catch passes, though. (laughs) He doesn't, but he can. (laughs) So... I'm yeah, I, I like those picks. I think Hopkins is the other guy I would have considered there, especially in this format. Um, you know, my concern with him is just the ultimate ceiling, but he, I think he's a super safe pick. Now it's going to be time to queue up some wide receivers so I don't get caught here. I am looking at another list that people can't see. I scroll, I'm scrolling past Mike Evans before Jared. That's a nice run of picks for a guy looking for a wide receiver. Man, look at all that green and, and red and orange. Yep, DeAndre Hopkins still on the board, so I'm going to take him first. But I already have him queued, so I'm going to steal a yep. few more seconds and look around a little bit. I like Juju. I mean, DK Metcalf, I know the matchup's tough, but I think DK can beat any matchup. I think I think I'll go ahead with Juju here. I think I also could have gone running back there and waited on wide receiver. We do have two flex spots to play with. I'm most likely going to go wide receiver in those spots. Um, but I like going ahead and locking them in for the PPR format. Oh, Ramondre, Ramondre. Ah, he just went. That would have been nice. All right. We're almost back to me. You can see how fast it goes with all these computer picks. The running backs are way down. I'm queuing Brian Robinson. I'm queuing Tyler Algier because I can take those guys later. Yep. Um, I need a quarterback still. I've got Hopkins. I got Juju. I got Godwin. So I don't really want one of those guys. Trevor Lawrence, Herbert, Jared Goff still out there. There's um, what there's two only two more teams need a quarterback. Yeah, I think I'm gonna wait. Alex Sanders. All right, so let's see what else is here at wide receiver. And I should have queued up more players ahead of time. I think I'll go ahead and take a quarterback now. I'm gonna go Burrow just nice. for that high scoring matchup. I don't yep. care really about stacking here because again, I'm not trying to win a large field tournament. I just want guys that are gonna score. I learned last week that leaning toward Gino to stacking with a receiver over just some better bets to give me points in general did not work out. Same deal with, with Justin Herbert, actually. 
last week. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think you should be treating the sleeper drafts as, as cash games, essentially, you know, DFS cash games where maybe you use stack as a, as a tiebreaker, but don't be looking to prioritize it. Robinson. All right. I like both of those to guys, me, so I could yeah, see it going I, either way. Yeah, to me, they were close, but with Gibson out, I think Robinson – now, we're, I mean, we're going to be updating our projections right after we hop off here, and Robinson's going to climb even further. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, we'll take a look back at the team real quick. Obviously, I still need to work on putting guys in the queue. I don't, <laughs> I don't love Miles Sanders this week. I probably would have made a different pick there. Um, I'm okay. I got to see what – if there are any subs allowed here. I honestly don't remember um, – within the rules but you know this is the team joe burrow travis Etienne, miles sanders chris godwin deandre hopkins travis kelsey juju brian robinson so there would have been some game stack for tyler algier with deandre hopkins doesn't matter as much here as it would in a larger tournament i'm okay with this team i'm not sure i'm going to chase um you know the biggest prize possible but i'm okay with putting it up against some head-to-head spots and maybe a like ten dollar eight teamer i like it a lot you got you got Travis Kelsey and you got a whole bunch of targets coming at wide receiver. And then I, I feel good about the running back group and then Burroughs obviously strong. That's true. Maybe you'll talk me into putting a little <laughs> bit more money on it. So load up. when you are playing it, these are the options, five, 10, 25, it goes higher than that up to a thousand. I don't think I'm playing a thousand dollar head to heads, but you can, if you've got that kind of cash loaded into sleeper. And of course, if you have not played on sleeper before you can use promo code draft sharks, you can click the link at the bottom of this podcast post, wherever you're getting it to get your first deposit matched up to hundred bucks. You can play with free money in these final two weeks of the regular season, and then just have it around. You can play over unders through the playoffs. It's, you know, plenty of options to try to win money here. And really, Jared, that's ultimately ultimately what we're trying to do here is help people win money with these drafts. For sure. And I think there's a lot of edges in these drafts. I think um, not that DFS is like solved, but I think there's there's more of an edge to these contests where there's just not as much content. There's just not as much data out there and experience for how to you know, how to win these, how to best attack them. So yeah, I've, I, I've been loving both of these contests. Anything that is not being played by as many people or has not been around as long is going to have more opportunity for you to find an edge. So that's what we're trying to do. Find an edge. We appreciate you joining us for this, our third DFS draft show. Um, Check out DraftSharks.com for all the content that you need for playing DFS this week and for setting your lineups across formats. For Jared Small and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.